This podcast is part of the Famous Original Podcast Network family. You can find us by going to www.fopnet.biz. Welcome everybody to episode 43 of Ride the Pine. This is a podcast where two friends discuss sports with a side of anxiety and lots of doubt. As always, I'm Dan and join with my good friend Tom. How are we doing this week, Tom? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. You're still you're still <laughs> upset about NHL 19, aren't you? It's uh, it's terrible. It's an awful game. It's got me in a really bitter mood. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harsh on it too much in case EA is one of those companies that sues and somehow they listen to this podcast. Um, but it's a it's a trashy game. So there's yep, it's terrible. People are getting paid to actually copy and paste. I wish I could get paid to copy and paste. That'd be it nice, would be nice, wouldn't it? I'm not, but I, but I'm not being paid for copy and pasting. So. <laughs> All right, so uh, this week we got a we got a few things to run down today. Today, do we? We got, we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, firstly, how about the Stanley Cup so far? It is actually everything that I was hoping for. I, I I'm I'm really in, uh, in being entertained by these two teams. Oh, it's been fun- fantastic. I got to say, congrats. I mean, so far, the Bruins definitely look... I know that the series is only 2-1, to one, but in all honesty, it could very well be 3-0 Bruins. Um, man, Bruins just look like a complete hockey team. They, re- they really <laughs> do, and I think, you know, what I had said going into the Stanley Cup when we made our predictions, I think the mm-hmm. depth is showing. Uh, the, the, yeah. the Blues have two yeah. great first two lines. But their third and fourth line yeah. is not really doing much. While the Agreed. Bruins' third and fourth lines, even their third line defenseman, Cl- Connor Clifton, is all over the freaking place. Oh, yeah. I, I'd never heard of his name before. Because, you know, a lot of times those third line defensemen, you don't really get to hear about them no, too much. Because they right. get like 10 minutes a game. So I'm, I'm watching the Bruins and, and the Blues, and I'm hearing his name. I'm like, like how is this kid a third liner (laughs) he's playing so well and that Bruins fourth line is everything that a fourth line in hockey should be they might not put up a a shit ton of points but they put up a lot of um uh energy and and they always work for the puck and I'm not saying the Blues don't but the Bruins just seem like they're a hungrier hockey team they really do you're absolutely right um and the other thing before you go on because I know you got a bunch of stats the 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 Blues have to stop getting penalties. Oh <laughs> like, my God, that's one of my stats. <laughs> <laughs> what What are you doing? We knew going into this that the Bruins' power play is amazing, right? right. And that means if we knew, the Blues had to know, right? And they're just so not paying attention to that. <laughs> the Bruins' power play is filthy. Don't get penalties. It's like the it, it's <laughs> like the it's... last thing you should be doing. Uh, in all honesty, getting oh penalties. man. But yeah, like you have a bunch of stats. So go ahead and tell us what's been going on in this series. Give us the numbers of this series. Uh, so, with the Bruins up two one, they have outscored the Blues thirteen to seven in three games. Uh, the the That's Bruins' crazy. power play conversion rate dur- uh, so far in the playoffs, just as a whole, like I wasn't able to get them for just yeah. the three games. 
Yeah, that's was fine. Was 35.9%. And the blue 30 and the Blues are at 18.1. Yeah, but we kind of knew the Blues power play wasn't their thing. So like I'm not too shocked by this. Um it's the 36 pretty much percent in the playoffs and so far the Bruins have scored a power play goal in all three games and I think at least one of them they had probably this last game three they went four for four oh my god why are you having so many penalties (laughs) blues (laughs) what do you you not want the Stanley Cup is that what is this what it is like you just got here and now you're just like we didn't actually want to win it the the thing that really uh, blew my mind like I wasn't shocked by it but the Bruins mm. pelty kill rate in the playoffs. Are you ready for this stat? Eighty-seven yeah. percent. That's that's absurd. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So like you're you're doing exactly what we said that if you did, you're going to win the Stanley Cup. We both said this at the very beginning of the series that if you can dominate these two, you're probably going to win the Stanley Cup, and they're dominating. Both of these and stats. then you got the Blues have converted one power play goal in ten chances. Yeah, that's not good enough. That's just not going to cut it in the Stanley Cup, especially when you have a, a, a team that is you know capable of putting up seven goals against you, like we just found out. In game and the three. Bruins on their last nine power plays have converted on five. Yeah, that's. I mean, granted, that's more than most teams would. Like they're 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 not just hot; they're like on fire, hot. So you can't predict that they were gonna go like that good against you. But you you knew you knew, and you're still getting bad penalties. And some of the penalties are really bad penalties. Mm-hmm. Like if if you watch these games, you're just like. Why are you doing that? You can't. You you cannot be dumb doing dumb penalties. If you accidentally get a penalty for a hard hit, which we've seen a little bit of that, I can understand that because it's you know your blood's right. pumping. But if you're gonna go out there and do a, a random hook or an interference penalty, you're just not. Your head's not there. You're you're absolutely right, <clears throat> and I think the thing about me with the blues is I knew this series is going to be hard hitting, but I think the blues Mm -hmm. are focusing too much on their physical play and not enough on their discipline on offensive production, things like that, because they have had 108 total hits in three games. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of hits, (laughs) especially in today's NHL. That's a lot. And the Bruins have had 92, so 200 total hits so far in the Stanley Cup. I mean, this is far from over. Hits, hits wise. Yeah, we were talking about this. We were texting this before. Um, This is like an old school hockey kind of matchup. There's a lot of hitting, and uh, not all of it's clean, not all of it's legal. We've we've already had a suspension uh, on the blue side. I think that was Um, a little wishy washy, though. It was it was one of those where I think he turned his face at the last second, and, and yeah. granted it was still a hit from behind. I will give him that it sure. was, absolutely was, but I think Grizzly kind of injured himself there in a weird way mm-hmm. that he turned his head at the wrong time, and then just he finished his check and his face went up oh, smush. Yeah, and you know what, the refs on the ice at the time didn't deem it to be a penalty. And I feel like that should weigh a lot because the people who are going to be watching these replays are not in the game. 
those refs are in the mm-hmm. hockey game. They know what the the feel is of that hockey game. And if they if if all the refs were like, "No, it's a bad hit, but it's not that bad where we're not going to give you a penalty." Yeah, they should just left it there, I kind of feel. But I think they're reacting to his injury. Yeah, I think so too. Um the thing that really caught my eye with a lot of the stats that I was pulling out was in game 2, the game that the Blues won, they had 50 mm-hmm. hits. Fifty in the in in the one 50 game. Fifty in one game. Wow! So maybe that's what they have to do. Maybe maybe that's their that is their way of because they had the I other mean, two games combined. They had sixty eight. Yeah, so maybe that's what they actually have to do. They have to beat the Bruins at something that they're good at. Exactly, because the Bruins are also very physical. I mean, but if you look at the <laughs> Blues, though, see. the guys that they have on their team, I wouldn't say they're grinders, but they're guys who are gonna just hurt you like they're gonna put you on your back oh, yeah. and you're gonna be hurt in the next day patrick maroon yeah. colton perrieco uh just to name just to name a couple um i mean they're gonna come at you they're gonna come at you fast and they're gonna come at you hard yeah um yeah, yeah they definitely are and i mean they 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 did go into game two while still in boston and pull out an overtime win which is uh that's a big accomplishment so I would tell your team, hey, whatever you did uh, in game two, bring it to game four coming up because now you're in a situation where it's a must win. Oh, absolutely. You cannot lose both games oh, at you home have to. and then go back to Boston and expect to win. You just can't do it. So they have to go out, and uh, they're that's going to be a hard-hitting game. If the Blues don't come out hitting every single Boston Bruin, then they're not they're they're, they're not going to win the game. I will say this: the one thing that's really impressed me about the Blues because you and I both know from playing fantasy hockey, what's the one yeah. thing the Bruins are good at, consistently statistic wise? Well, it's hard. Uh, I mean, I I don't know what the answer you're looking for because unfortunately for the Blues, at least they're good at everything. <laughs> uh, the, the Bruins like, like dominate faceoffs. With Bergeron and Krejci, oh, they win well, a ton of faceoffs. Yeah, that makes sense. The Blues, makes sense. Yeah, the Blues the in Game Two. You want to know what the faceoff mm-hmm. percentage was for both teams? Fifty percent. Sure. Oh, they, they tied. tied. Okay. Exactly. If they can, but you're about to tell me something really it, bad. If if they can't stay around fifty percent with the Bruins on winning faceoffs, yeah. especially yeah. winning faceoffs in the defensive zone. They're going to oh, yeah. lose this series because the Bruins have had over 50% faceoffs won in every game so far. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's another key factor. You know, you have a healthy Bergeron, you have a healthy Krejci, and they're both going to win you faceoffs. Uh, Bergeron more than Krejci because Bergeron's just really, really good he's, at he's that. He's a freak of nature when it comes to faceoffs. Yeah, it's very, stupid. Very it's good. Dumb. It's very yeah. good. Now, going into game three. Uh, I was a little worried on the Bruins side because Marchand was pretty much invisible. And uh, there were a couple of the big scorers were kind of invisible. They just weren't playing good. Marchand has been a turnover machine in the first two games. Now, it was improved in game three. Uh, admittedly, I did stop watching early in the third when it was like 700-2. to two. So I, I, I didn't see the rest of the third. But they did look better. And that's got to be even more of a concern for St. Mm-hmm. Louis, because if all of a sudden the Bruins get their scorers working, it's game over. And they, it's game over. Which I think it's game over anyway. To be completely honest, I don't. 
the Bruins are just doing everything better than the Blues. You know, if you split these stats in half, you have a seven-game series. But when you have one team dominating every single stat, you cannot win. No, you're right. And with Tuca not giving up more than three goals in the three games, yeah, with Bennington giving up four, two, and then seven. Well, actually, he only gave up yep. five. But mm-hmm. I mean, what the rookie? The rookie's looking like a he rookie. Is and I was actually just about to say that too. That he's showing his colors. No. He's showing that he is yep. a rookie and he has no experience in the playoff, which was like Mrazek in the last round for Carolina yeah. had sure. no playoff experience oh, yeah. and he got shellacked. I mean, five to two, now, six to two, two to one, and four nothing in that last series. Take nothing against, take nothing away. Uh, excuse me from Bennington. Like he's played phenomenally, but he's a rookie and he's never been in the Stanley Cup before. Tuca has been. So if you're gonna if if you're gonna have two mindsets, one of a young kid who's just going to the Stanley Cup for the first time in his life, or Tuca, who's like, what is this, my 50th, my 15th uh, Stanley Cup? I'm good. It's a big difference, and you can kind of tell, especially at home, Bennington was terrible. He was so bad, especially that first period. I I think the Bruins had like maybe 15 shots, and three of them went so in. So I think, you know, I, I, think, a, I, think I think his final stats were 19 shots and five goals against. Yeah, that's not that's not good. It's if not you good. can't have a solid I mean, guy in net, go playing yeah. playing like that in the in, against a team yeah. like the Bruins, you're gonna yeah, it's it's suicide. It's tough. It's gonna be tough. So tonight, the day we're recording Monday, um, it is Game Four. So we're we're gonna know what happens. Actually, the Stanley Cup could be over by the time. Um, this episode comes out by the, by the time this episode comes out on the tenth, uh, because three games will have be played. This is the big week for for our, our show. Uh, like we, we got a game tonight. I'm sorry, two games, but we got we got a game. T- no, three. three games. Yeah, tonight, Thursday, yeah, four, and Sunday. Four, five, and six are all happening this week. So the Stanley Cup might be over, and you're listening to this episode, and you're like, "Wait, guys, <laughs> like, what are you talking about?" But we record a week in advance, so. Um, sorry. <laughs> Congratulations. Insert name here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the Bruins are showing that they're the deeper team, that they're the more, the more balanced team. And if mm-hmm. they, they play, if they, I'd say this right now, if the Bruins win tonight, they win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'm, yeah, because I, there's just too I much agree. momentum winning three games. Well, actually, three out of the four. And both both games yeah. at home, against yeah, and then going back to Boston. Yeah, if you win tonight and you go back to Boston for Game Five on yeah. Thursday, it's, it's over. over. Now, if the Blues win, okay, if the Blues win, then obviously I'm just stating a fact. Honestly, it's it's obviously a, a, an actual series at this point. But if they win, now it's kind of pressure on the Bruins mm-hmm. again because if you lose at home now you gotta go back to St. Louis for game six yep. and that's kind of the, that's why I love the way that the NHL and others have adapted this two home two away one home one away one home because this series could flip tonight is the game because if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup's pretty much a Bruins uh, guarantee if it if they don't win and the Blues win it's anyone's cup yep so it's going to be exciting. This game is going to be very physical. It's going to be very violent. Because we're guaranteed 
if the Blues win tonight, were guaranteed to be played until Sunday. With, yeah, with at least two at more games. At least two more with a potential for a seventh. Yeah, you would almost imagine just the way that the, these series tend to work out. If the Blues win tonight, there's a very good chance you're going to see seven games. Yeah. I would love to see seven games. I think I think it would be really exciting. But at this point, the way that the Blues are playing, yeah. I don't see it it's going seven happening. games. I just don't see the Bruins like all of a sudden being like, eh, I know we're in control of like 12 of these stats. We're just not going to hold up to any of them. Like You don't just turn off your ability to score in every power no, play. No, you're right. Now, if the Blues stop going to the penalty box, it's a big... F you to the Blues, stop going to the penalty box, and you might actually win. Because if you can stop those goals from going in from the power play because of useless penalties, now you've got to make the Bruins work for it. And in those times, the Bruins have been very even with the they Blues. Have been. It's the power play that's just turned the series around. Yeah, and so, on, on another note, though, we'll see what the Blues on, a, on another yeah. note, um, for me, 14 penalties in three games – is just way too yeah. much. Ten. I mean, it's I mean, the much. Bruins have had ten. I mean, they're, they're yeah, but the but Bruins no- could do that because the, the because the the Blues are terrible at the power play. So the Bru the Blue uh, the Bruins don't they don't care. Right. Well, let's have let's have ten penalties tonight because the chances are looking like the Blues might score on one of the ten. Right. You know. But but when you put the Bruins on the power play, it's a different story. Six oh, yeah. out of fourteen is yeah. more. It's almost half half the time they score. It, I'm a Ranger fan, and f- since I remember, we've had a terrible power play. I don't know what it is, but like, it, there's never been a functioning power play in New York in the time that I've been uh, observant. And I know what that lack of a power play can do to mm-hmm. a team. And when the other team is not afraid to take penalties because they know they're almost like tempting you. It's like, ha ha, here's a power play. See if you can score. You can't because you stink. That's a that's a big problem. It is a problem. <laughs> and, the, and the Blues are, the fans are going to get very restless tonight. The, the, I, I, the que- I, if I'm the Bruins, I don't care. I just go out and hit que- everyone. Take the question a is, though, Tom, do you stick with Bennington like they're doing tonight? Or do you do you yeah, change yeah, the hand yeah. and go to Allen? Because Allen no, is still a no, decent no. goaltender. He's fine, but you don't do that. You just can't. Uh, Bennington has proved to him uh, he's proved that he can win in the Stanley Cup. He won a game. He won game two. You, he had a bad game last game, but you can't just because of one game pull what's worked the entire playoffs. Right. Like that's such a that's that would be such a disrespect to the to to one of the biggest to probably the best goalie in the playoffs up to the Stanley Cup. You can't. You just can't do that. And, and I'm happy that they chose not to, just because now he has a chance to go prove himself. People are going to be talking now. They're going to be saying, "Oh, this Bennington guy, he's not that good." Well, if if I'm Bennington, especially at home, I'm going to go out there and, and play my heart out. Yeah, I th- I think if anyone has the most pressure on himself right now, it's Bennington. I think Bennington has to go yeah, out. Yeah. He has to basically. I wouldn't say stand on his head, but he has to let up a minimum of two for the Blues yeah. to even have a yeah. shot in this series. If he can if he can just stand on top of his head and, and save everything and give his team a chance, 
you know, the tide can turn, but he can't play like like uh, last game. Now, uh, let me let me add this to Dan. Um, like everything for the Bruins is going fairly well, but I don't want to completely uh, not talk about them. Char is just not good. <laughs> did, did I say it or did I say it? That play, that like, play when he, he hit he the guy. The play when he hit the guy, he fell. Because he's a big oh. Lubbox, and then the and the St. Louis guy just taps the puck out front goal. All yeah. Char had to do he's was made hit, a lot of those. All Char had to do was yeah. hit him, contain him, and hold the puck against the boards. But instead, he hit him, bounces off of him, and falls because he has the balance of a baby deer. And, <laughs> and then also the puck ends up out front and goal. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Oh, and you know, the worst part is it's like he has the balance of a baby deer and he has the agility of a moose. <laughs> like he just, he just, like if he loses the puck, it takes him like a full 30 seconds to just turn well, 30 around. 30 seconds? How about a 30 minutes? It's, <laughs> it's, so it's like, it's like the people so have slow. left the building and Char's still skating. You know, I and I almost feel bad because it's like... It's like your grandfather, you know, like a war veteran, you know, and you got to take him to the retirement home because he just can't, he just can't, you know, not be in a retirement home. But <laughs> Chara needs to hang up the skates. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I'm, as I watch him, it just, he, he just looks like a shell of who he was, and that's a shame because, granted, he's had mistakes on and off. You've always been want to point them out but he's still uh you know gonna be a hall of fame oh absolutely so, and a, Bru- you know, and a bruins just, hall of famer 100 percent. he he, he yeah. will go into the bruins yeah, hall of fame that's gonna happen especially if they win this cup especially if they win this cup uh i, I can definitely see that i don't know if his number gets retired i don't no. know if he put up numbers good to do that but like hall of fame wise oh yeah 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 no no questions uh, about that because my thing is Back when, back about, let's say, five, six years ago or so, Charles mm-hmm. on the ice, you're scared out of your mind. Yeah, because he's going to kill you. Now, and nowadays. Like, you might accident, he might accidentally kill you because he's just a big he, person. He's like Lenny in from, of Mice and Men. <laughs> just, <laughs> he hits it too hard and, oh, there goes your head. Sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, now. But it's nowadays, just like, he's on the ice and people are like, ha ha, I'm going to skate by him. The, 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 there's like no intimidation 15 factor. Second shift, fifteen second shift, and the, you see the the coach pull, like sticking something out on the ice. You think it's like an extra stick? No, it's his walker. You know, it's just like you can't. Oh, I feel bad saying it because like like I said, he's a one of the Bruin. He's the captain. He's the captain of the Bruins. He's he's one of the better defenders that we've seen in a long time. But he's just he's not. Good. I I will say this though. <laughs> so he's doing a phenomenal job of leading this team. Yeah. yeah. So I I I because he can't do anything uh, else. So that's good. I was about to say that too. And you <laughs> took it right up. It's like it's a good thing he's teaching because the because you look at the third and fourth line. I actually looked this mm-hmm. up earlier. You know what their average age is. Uh, 14. 21.4. <laughs> yeah, 14, pretty much. So, yeah. like, Marcus Johansson, Joaquin Nordstrom, mm-hmm. Nolachari, mm-hmm. Sean Corrali. These are all just yeah. really young guys who yeah, have yeah, zero yeah. playoff experience. And he's making yep. them play 
or whatever he's yeah. doing, they're playing on a whole nother level. Right, and he's teaching them other languages too. Yeah, so don't forget so. the Swahili. Yeah, the Swahili. Well, that's the NHL. Uh, we'll see. But like I said, there's a very good chance that this might be over by the time this episode comes out. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Blues. Um, but uh, our next topic is the NBA Finals, which there was a crazy game last night. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Did I mean, you get a chance to like watch it or see some of so, the highlights or anything? So he, he, here's my problem. Okay, I have Fubo TV. It's like an online streaming. That's how I get my TV. Um, and they have most of those big channels like CBS and Fox, but they do not have ABC. Why? So I, I it's they don't have the rights to that. They don't have the rights to certain channels because they're relatively new. So they're every mm. every few months they get a couple mm-hmm. more channels and stuff like that. But that's not one of them. So unfortunately, I'm not able to watch the games and just watching the highlights. But I saw the highlights to know it's a crazy game and clay thompson's hurt so yeah clay thompson looked like he was struggling well no but he's actually hurt like he left oh the game no no, no, no. Quarter, i know but apparently. i'm saying when did you see him going down did they show him going down no. the tunnel he started walking no. he took like oh, yeah. three steps and like doubled over like clearly just yeah. like something was yeah, badly bad. wrong and durant's not back yet no right? and they're saying he might not be back to game four yeah, so now you might be out Clay Thompson too. And then let's talk about this. The Raptors won a game. Yeah. Um <laughs> the Raptors game 1 was the first loss under Steve Kerr in finals history. For for game really? 1. Yes. Oh, for game Steve, 1. Okay. Oh, so they haven't Steve, lost Steve a game. Steve Kerr one, was really? 4 and 0 oh in game 1s. And mm. this was their first loss against Toronto. And to add to that, like the second game, uh, score wise, was only a five point mm-hmm. win for the Warriors. So, and a lot of people, I've been reading a lot of like analysts talk about this and said, if you didn't think the Raptors could do this, then you just haven't been paying attention. So, I'm clearly, I haven't been paying attention. I've admitted that, but uh, apparently, this is a very well matched finals, and that's why everyone's kind of excited. So, about I it. wanted to read you these stats. This was just from game one. Go for it. So, in terms of field goals attempted, uh, the Golden State had 78, R- Toronto had 77, with the Golden State making 34 and Toronto making 39. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty even. That's, so that's pretty. So the field goal percentage was 43.6 for Golden State and 50.6 for Toronto. So again, like you said, really even. Uh, right. Golden State was 12 of 31 from three point range. While Toronto mm-hmm. was 30, 13 of 33. So literally within less than a percent a difference. Right. Yeah, yeah. Free yeah. throws, 29 of 31, Golden State. Okay. 93.5%. While Toronto okay. was That's 27 of 32, 84.4. Whoa. Okay, so that's a little bit of a weakness. That's this. That's one, that's one spot, but that's not huge in points. You know, so I again, it's definitely advantage there. This is this is the thing for me that blows my mind. Only nine offensive rebounds for Golden State and seven for Toronto. Okay. Each team had twenty nine defensive rebounds. <laughs> really? So yeah, twenty nine and twenty nine. Golden State ended up okay. with forty seven rebounds total, and Toronto had forty two. Wow, that's another even stat too. Assists, Golden State had twenty nine, Toronto had twenty five. 
So I think what what you're trying to say is uh, everything seems to be pointing that this is going to be a very tight series. Yes, I don't see this game being. I don't see it. I well, uh, not anymore, obviously. But it was definitely well, not going to be, be a sweep. There's no, no way in hell. The no, Raptors no. are much better than people let off. They're like, oh, they're just Toronto. They're not going to be that good. They were yeah. the number two team yeah. in the East. Yeah, I. But maybe because the East is a little bit on the weaker side. Uh, maybe that's why people just kind of said, "Ah, it's the East. The Warriors are going to win." I mean, it's a safe bet to say the Warriors are going to win because they win all the time. But the Raptors are definitely proving at least a lot of like uh, they're proving me wrong because I picked. I, I mean, I, I picked the Warriors to win, but I want them. Uh, oh, I picked to win. them Raptors. Yes, he did, and uh, and like I said, I would love if the Raptors won. I just didn't see it happening. Especially but from watching the highlights, I can see it happening. Especially when I was watching, not it was so convenient last night that I was watching the game after uh, my wife went to bed, and um, I'm watching the game, and sure enough, you know, Kawhi goes on this crazy run, and sure enough, they pan out to outside the stadium, and it's what is it called, Jurassic Park. <laughs> and so then they go to commercial. I'm so like, oh, cool. let's see what else is on. What's on sci-fi? Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> I was like, and you know, F- Fubo TV, not a sponsor, but could be, by the way, Fubo, if you're listening, uh, had Jurassic World yes, on. Yes, they did. So, so I was, I was pretty, pretty into uh, that. Yeah, like I said, I want the Raptors to win. I'm just very happy that they did win at least one of the games. Uh, I'm still going to say the Warriors are going to find a way to win. Even with the injuries. I just, I don't know. My my brain won't let me believe this otherwise. This is where the Warriors injury for Klay Thompson worries me. Because if you look at yeah. game one where they lost by nine, still a very close game. Yeah. Steph Curry had 34 points. Klay okay. Thompson had 21. Okay. Next closest to him, Draymond mm-hmm. Green had 10 points. Yeah, you know, if Durant was back in the lineup It's a, it's today, a difference maker. He, well, tomorrow he, when the game's on. Yeah, that would be like, okay, we don't have Clay, but we have Steph and Durant. And, uh, but, and Durant, and, you know, we can get some help from Iguodala, who helped a lot in yesterday's game, uh, in game two, I should say. Um, but if you had Durant, then, yeah, you have somebody else, but now you don't have either one of those guys. It's going to be so. So that was game one, but the difference between game one and game two... Curry had 23, yeah. Thompson had 25, oh. Draymond Green oh. had 17, and Cousins had oh. 11. So, it's, it's, so it, was it, was, more it was more spread, spread out. out and more people yeah. contributing. Because before, so before, Cousins only had, uh, let me find it here, three points in game one. And Draymond oh, wow. Green had 10, Iguodala had six. So now we have to see what happens if Steph Curry, because from what I understand – from talking to my friends who watch basketball religiously. Uh, Steph has not played the normal Steph Curry basketball. So if he, you know, he's going to have to. I don't think there's much of a cho- of a choice here, but he's going to have to play his ass off yeah. in the next game. Well, I, what I think your friends are referring to is the fact that Steph Curry is a lights-out three-point shooter. He always has been, right. always will be. Yeah. You know what his mm-hmm. stats were in game two from three-point range? I'm guessing bad, but go Three ahead. For ten. Yeah, that's not that's, that's not, not Steph Curry. That's Steph Curry is normally no. seven or eight for ten, not like missing one or two, yeah. not seven. 
He's that good. Oh, huh? he oh he won the three point shoot shooting contest a couple of years ago because he <laughs> no is a, just he's a lights out three point shooter. Right. So something's something's up with him. Something's not right about him yeah, right now. I don't know. Maybe maybe you had you had that cushion of all those other players. Like, hey, I can be semi careless because I have all these other guys to back me up. Maybe I'm not saying because I I don't know Steph Curry. I wish I knew Steph Curry, but I don't. Uh, but maybe maybe it's that. And now with the two of those big guys out, it's like, wait, my cushion's kind of gone. And I'm gonna have to step it up, or somebody's gonna have to step it up. Draymond or Iguodala, but Iguodala's a bench player. I'm guessing he'll be playing a lot more now. But yeah, I, I think for me, the the thing that Golden State needs to realize is that they have a guy in their team who used to be a guy who would get double doubles every single mm-hmm. night. And ever right. since he left Sacramento, he has failed to do that as often as he yeah. used to. And that guy is DeMarcus Cousins. He is mm-hmm. a former All-Star at least two or three times. And you're telling me he's only getting six points a game? Yeah, something's yeah, utilize him better. He obviously has talent. We've seen it. We've seen him play well in the past. So find a way to make him utilize so, that. So with Clay out and Durant a question mark for game three, do you find a way to get Cousins more involved? Because I think if that's got to be the answer, he had 10 rebounds in that game. He still had a double-double. I think you should. I think you should definitely try. Because if you don't, you're not going to win. The Raptors seem to have a good team on their side. And if you don't get somebody to take over right now while the other guys are recovering, and, I mean, Clay, like you said, did not look very good. He might be done. We like we're talking as if he's going to return. He might not return. And Durant, yeah, it looks like Durant's going to return, but you never know what happens from today to tomorrow. If he accidentally stumbles and now he's re-injured, you're out your two two of your best players. See, my thing <laughs> is is the bench for Toronto is much deeper than the bench for Golden State. Cuz let, let me read you some of the names on the bench for Golden State and see if you. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know you don't follow basketball as much as other people. No, but go for it. I'll try. Jonas Yurebko, Josh Bell, Andrew Bogut, mm-hmm. Kevin Looney, Sean Livingston, Quinton Cook. Any of these names ring a bell? So I do recognize a few of them. Yeah, but, for sure. And, and I don't follow basketball that that much, but I don't know much points, about them. Two. Two, six, zero, six, and nine. And this is Golden, Golden State? State. Quentin Cook had 21 minutes, which was only seven minutes less oh. than DeMarcus Cousins and only had nine. Yeah, that's a lot he of had minutes. nine points. So what's the Raptors bench look like? Do you have I those do. numbers? They only had three guys who were playing because uh, three, uh, actually five of their guys were D- DNPs uh, due to coach decision. Okay. But okay. Uh, Frank Van Fleet, he's been one of their top point guards in the playoffs. Played 38 okay. minutes at 17 points off the bench. Oh, that's that's a lot off the bench. Serge Ibaka yeah. had 16, 16 minutes, 7 points, 10 rebounds. That's pretty and good. And then Noel Powell, 21 minutes, 7 points. So right okay. there on your bench, you have 31 points. Yeah, you, you're outscoring. You're outscoring Golden State from the bench. And that's a team that already has a, a pretty solid starting lineup. So now you have a strong bench, too. Golden State might be in trouble, Dan. Uh, and, <laughs> Golden State and, might and be you know, in trouble. I would absolutely love to see the Toronto Raptors 
take down the Golden State Warriors to shut everybody oh, yeah. up about, oh, Golden State's oh, yeah. the next dynasty. Golden State's the next Patriots. Oh, yeah. No, they're not. Well, they kind of are. Yeah. You got to admit, what, you have to admit, what they've done is pretty impressive. They're always in the, in the finals now. I mean, this team went from never being in the finals to all of a sudden just being in the finals. They're a perennial in the finals. And and before, it was always what team LeBron was on that was going to face them. Right. I mean, it, they're pretty impressive. It's not the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots... That, that's never going to happen again. It, it's also the longevity of the Patriots. You know, this is still a... The Golden State Warriors franchise, it's only a few years. Uh the Patriots have been doing this for like 10 plus years. The thing that gets me though is I'm looking at the box score uh, by quarter for the last game. Yeah. After the first quarter, it was 27 to 26 Raptors. After the okay. second quarter, well, the Raptors scored 32, the Warriors scored 28. So I was okay. like, okay, you know, pretty even. Yep. Then you get to the third quarter, and I even actually circled and underlined this on this picture I took. I'll send it to you. The Warriors scored 34 to the Raptors 21 in the third quarter. Wow. They rattled wow. off the okay. first 18 points of the second half. The Warriors that's, uh, did. That's, yeah, yeah. And that's this game two. This was game two. And, and yeah, about half of those 18 were from Klay Thompson. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, that's not what Golden State needed to hear. Their best quarter so far in the and finals, and that player here, it's is a gone. Potentially torn hamstring. Well, if that if it's if yeah, he's done. He's not if coming it's, back. If it's if it's this torn, is, he's done. He's done. If it's anything with his hamstring, even like a regular recovery period. I mean, there's only a week and a half left in the finals. Yeah, like it takes months to recover a a, a, a damaged hamstring. He's not coming back. So they're they're down Clay Thompson. I I'm almost guaranteeing unless he finds a way to manipulate the system and he plays hurt. But if he plays hurt, he's going to get destroyed out there. So that, yeah, that's not that's so, not good. So news. he is scheduled uh, today. Well, this is earlier this morning to get an MRI. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to find some bad news. He did not look good. No, I mean I mean there's a difference between like a, a slight limp. And like a full, oh my god, I can't put weight on it type yeah. thing. And yeah, he couldn't put, damaged. he could not put any weight on his leg at all. Now, listen, maybe he was just in a lot of pain, and there's actually nothing. But either way, he's not going to come right. He's not going to be back right no. away. It's going to be a, at least a couple of games, and that those couple of games might determine the so series. Ga so game so. three alone, you're out Durant and you're out Thompson. Somebody on that bench has to step up. Or it's got to be Curry and Cousins. It has to be. Because right. every... If you look, go back and look at all these past NBA Finals, look mm -hmm. at some of the duos. Uh, Nash and Malone. Shaq and Kobe. Uh, Pippen mm -hmm. and Jordan. There's always these two players who just dominate. Who are just... that They just they change the game. I think... Well, and, I think, and, and that's why Golden State's been so good. It's because there's been three. Right, and then now <laughs> you get this series against Toronto. And the two that yeah, I'm poking out are mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. The two of oh, them have okay. been lights out. Yeah, I mean, Siakam, I think he made like six or seven straight field goals yeah, for a good. power forward. And I'm just saying to myself, a guy who's that size, who's that athletic... 
I mean, it's it scary. is. And if Golden State doesn't get their their stuff together, they're in deep, deep, deep trouble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think either way, they're they're kind of looking like they're 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 going to be in trouble. Just because of the injury, Clay Thompson's injury is a is a bad one. Now we'll see what happens if if Cousins wakes up, and then all of a sudden, now you have a new problem for Toronto. Right. Because if if he gets going, then you you're you're not looking no. good. But you also Steph's gonna have to he's gonna have to make more than three out of ten in in the three point. If that's his game, and you're only gonna make three of the ten that you shoot, you're not. It's not good enough. No. So that's the equivalent of the blue, of game, the Blues only making one of ten on the power play. Exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing. That's a perfect, perfect analogy. So, yeah, game uh, for us, uh, our, our game three is tomorrow. So we'll, we'll find out shortly what the uh, Clay and Kevin Durant-less uh, Warriors team looks like. Yeah, it, it will be interesting for sure. Um, and I know I'll be watching, and I'll be, yeah, tweet- I'll, I'll be, I'll be tweeting updates throughout the game uh, on our Ride the Pine Twitter page. So, oh, what's that Twitter page? That would be uh, Ride the Pine Pod on Twitter. Yes, at at Ride the Pine Pod. We're uh, trying to grow the channel, so if you are on Twitter and you want those updates and more, please follow yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going to take a break. Uh, when we yes. get back, we're going to actually be talking about the French Open, the recent yes. Champion League. League final in soccer. Yes, I know this yep. channel talking about soccer. It is quite a shocker. Yep, a lot of things have changed since I've taken since I've uh, taken over as co-host. And here. then <laughs> we were going to talk about NCAA lifting the alcohol ban at college football games. Is this a good decision or intriguing. not? Uh, we're going to talk more about it along with some Twitter polls and a couple funny stories. But we'll be right back. <laughs> And welcome back, everybody. Sorry that was such a long break. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> but we... no, I'll, I'll entertain them with some 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 free uh, music that we can op- get at any public domain. They'll, they'll, they didn't, they enjoyed the music. Believe me. Yeah, they, they like it. They like it. Yeah, they were good. Um, so we're gonna jump right in, but this time, Mr. Tom. You're going to be leading the combo on the French Open. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching some tennis because tennis is one of my favorite sports and it's one of the majors. It's the second major to be precise. Uh, we'll do a little uh, we'll little do a little talky-talky about the women's singles and then the men's. I'm not going to focus on doubles or anything like that because, mm, no offense, if you're a tennis advocate or a tennis lover, yeah, I get it, but no one cares about doubles. Um, wow, hit, it, hit, hit, <laughs> hit him with the truth. No one cares about doubles. No one. Not even the people play doubles care about doubles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what you need to know, is Serena Williams is out of the French Open. She she lost um, in the third round, which was one of her uh, earliest exits from the uh, French Open. Now, now let me ask you something, because, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm not as big into tennis as you are, but I seem to be seeing right. a lot of stuff going around about the Williams sisters 
mm-hmm. in their decline. Do do you agree with that, or what's your stance on that? I, I definitely with Venus, the older sister of the two. Venus is uh, she suffered from some health problems in in the recent past. Mm-hmm. Nothing terrible. Well, no, there was one pretty bad one, but she's recovered and everything. But that took a lot off of her and took a couple of years off of her too. Uh, Serena has been the one that has remained a dominant force in women's tennis, but you know she's getting older. And tennis is it's one of those sports like football where you don't really have a huge window. You have your early 20s, your mid-20s, your late 20s, and then your early 30s, and then you're kind of done. Now, there are exceptions, and we'll talk about Roger Federer in a second because Roger's getting up there in age, but he's still kicking. But Serena's definitely showing signs of slowing down. And um, she just had a, a, a kid not too long ago, so that's kind of backed her up, you know. She wasn't able to play in a few events for a while, uh, for good reason. She had, a, she had a kid, so congratulations. Uh, but she, yeah, she's definitely not the uh, not the the way she, she's not the, the the same tennis player that she used to be. Uh, and with women's tennis specifically, there's a lot of turnover at that number one spot, and you see a lot of number one, like a lot of uh, good seeds tend to fall off. It's a very competitive league, the women's singles, which is why I love watching it. Uh, and then to just to give an update, a couple Americans, Sloane Stevens and uh, Madison Keys, are both in the quarterfinals, which is pretty exciting. And then the number three ranked player, uh, Simona Halep, is still in it. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are kind of uh, not, I won't say no names because that's a little disrespectful, but lesser known people. So the women's final could look pretty interesting. Uh, but the big thing was Serena, and I wanted to make sure people were aware that Serena was booted out in the third round. Yeah, that's, that's um, crazy that she, she's exiting so early. I feel like Serena um, is kind of like the Tiger Woods of tennis. That uh, She's kind of a big of. deal. Or, well, like the Williams sisters are. They're kind of like the big deal about about tennis. The, from what oh, I've yeah. seen, what I've seen, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Serena for the longest time was the only deal. <laughs> you know, she, she, she's won over twenty majors. She's a a beast when it comes to uh, to, to tennis. So, very much for women's tennis, she was definitely the Tiger Woods, just without as much controversy, I guess you can say. But that's kind of easy to do when we're talking about Tiger Woods. Um. Uh, but yeah, so that's the women's, and I wanted to cover the men's because the men's is shaping up to be a little bit more interesting, and I'll tell you why. Because number one, Novak Djokovic; number two, Rafael Nadal; and number three, Roger Federer Ooh. are all still in it. Ooh. They're all in the quarterfinals, and number four uh, is also in it. But this is why it's exciting. Wait, because, wait who's number four? Uh, uh, let me get his first name because I actually don't know his first name. Oh, Dominic Thiem, uh, from Be- Austria, Austria, Austria. Yeah. Uh, so that's number four, at least fourth ranked, not necessarily in the world, but in this tournament. But this is why this is exciting. Roger Federer is going to be playing Stanislas Warinka, a fellow countryman. He's also from Switzerland. Ooh, from Switzerland. isn't he a guy who gives him a lot of trouble? 
Yes, they've played a lot in the past, but here's something kind of crazy. Now, I don't know the exact numbers. I just heard it when I was watching tennis uh, just yesterday. Roger Federer has rolled through the French Open so far. He has not dropped a set. He has not dropped a serve. He's absolutely destroying his opponents, winning the first, second, and third game. Wawrinka just played in the longest tennis match of his career. So... Roger Federer so far has about seven and a half hours total time played this French Open. Wawrinka's last match was about six and a half hours long. Just the one match. Uh, wow. Not to mention that he's played, obviously, in other or, or, or um, rounds. This quarterfinals this is the fifth round. I'm seeing that. So, I see, I see yeah. the sets, especially with the last one going 8-6. Yeah, That's ridiculous. It was one of the better tennis matches I've seen in a couple of years. It was so much fun to watch. They were just back and forth, and they were obviously tired. It was hot, very sunny kind of day. Now, with that saying, Federer obviously has the advantage. Warinka's probably on the tired side because Warinka's kind of up there in age too, and health-wise hasn't been perfect for Warinka. He's recovered from a few injuries. So Federer has the advantage. So we're more likely, unless Federer has one of the blow-up days that he has once in a while, he's going in the semis. Do you know who he might be playing? Nadal. Nadal. I'm looking. And, I'm looking at the bracket right now on ESPN. Yep. Now he is playing the uh, the best Japanese player of all time, Nishikori. Nishikori. Um, but Nadal is the king of clay. He's won this. He's won the French Open eleven times. So you're most like how many majors has he won in in in, in total? I think it's fifteen or sixteen. So you're telling me minus four majors, he um, almost something like that. Seventy of percent of his majors have been this tournament. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Which is why I, I have that debate with some people when they say Nadal is the great one of the greatest of all times. Like, yeah, definitely. On clay. But he's not in, he's not one of the top ten in my opinion. Because most of his majors have come from the French Open. He's the best clay tennis player we will ever see. I don't think we're ever gonna see somebody be as dominant. Uh just so so good. His game is just built for clay. So let's say that he wins. Now you have a Federer Nadal semifinal. And those are always just so much fun. <laughs> It's so much fun. So there's some excitement there. And then even seeing Novak Djokovic, if Djokovic wins the French Open, he's the first player in like 30 or more years to hold all four majors. He he will have the Djokovic slam. It won't be in order, but he will have control of all four of the majors. So Djokovic is playing for quite a bit as well. So... A lot of fun things coming out of the men's side. And if you're not much of a tennis fan, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I understand. Sorry. But if you are a tennis fan, you're excited. This is this some potential for some amazing matches coming up. Yeah, I'm looking at the bracket. And the fact that it could end up being Djokovic and TM versus Federer and Nadal as the final four is it yeah. gives, gives yeah. me like sweaty palms. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Djokovic is just playing very well. So I don't even. I, 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 Zverev, who's playing in the quarterfinals, will give him a hard time. But Zverev has that 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 same kind of like he's he's young and he's super close to being an amazing player, but he hasn't figured it out completely yet. So he takes these big pros like Djokovic to the fifth round or fifth set quite often, but he doesn't always win. 
So we'll see. He could win, but I, I think Djokovic is going to come out of that. I think Federer and Nadal are going to come out of theirs. And then we're set up for an amazing semifinal to final, which I will be able to update next week because the final is on Sunday. So Yes, it is. That, that should be fun. Oh, that, that so it sounds go. like it's going to be There's a really exciting week of tennis. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you guys ever talked about tennis on the we, show. But this is actually the first time. Well, how about that? From one first to another, Dan, because you've given me control of this section, and I want to bring in one of my loves. One of it, it's it's the most popular sport in the world. It, it, There's no debating. It, it. You can't debate it. It's not possible. There's no debating, and that is, of course. Football. Yes, football. <laughs> Real football. Now, soccer. We, we can call it soccer. Uh, but the Champions League did have their um, champions, their, their championship match, and it was Liverpool versus the Spurs. And Liverpool ended up winning 2-0. Uh, there was apparently a uh, controversial penalty kick, which I did not, I did not catch. I joined the game just – I think I joined the game when it was like five minutes in. And this penalty happened in the second minute, so I missed it. I I, I tune in and it's one nothing. I'm like, what the? F- how? How did I miss that? Uh, but <laughs> Liverpool won. Yeah, I was literally just a couple minutes late, and all of a sudden it's like one nothing. But anyway, it was a uh, pretty fun game. Uh, Liverpool did beat the Spurs to win. They've won a lot of these. Uh, Six time, the first time since 2005. Wow. So, so congratulations, Liverpool. Yeah. And I don't have too much to add to that. It was a fun game. Uh, I like Liverpool. I'm a Beatle fan, and they're from Liverpool, so there's my connection. You know, I was a big fan of this guy, Mohamed Salah. Um, did you see him out in the mm-hmm. open field? Uh, mm-hmm. He turns the Jets on, and he'll blow by anybody. Uh, he, one of the yeah. fastest soccer players I think I've ever seen on TV. I'm like, D- does he have, like... Jets in his shoes, like how is this happening? He's he's good. He's a very good player, and uh, I, it's good that he's getting the the notoriety. I think he's from Egypt. He is from he's Egypt. Egyptian. He is, yeah. Uh, very, very talented player. And yeah, you're right. He's very quick. Uh, he play, he fits into the English Premier League pretty well, from what I can see. Again, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, he yeah. Very, very talented player. I love watching him play. It's always fun. One team that I'm looking forward to to watch uh, moving forward, I, I know they weren't in this matchup, but they actually played mm-hmm. Tottenham in the uh, round before, is Ajax from the oh, Netherlands. Yeah. They are a incredibly fun team to watch. Sure. Yeah. It's actually my, uh, dad, it's actually my dad's favorite team to watch. Yeah, that's that's shocking. That's a very out of the like left field uh, pick, but hey, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see that. I uh, did not get to see that. I didn't get to watch too much of the Champions uh, Cup, unfortunately. Just it, 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 start, it happened before I had my cable back, so I kind of just missed a lot of it. But uh, yeah, from what I heard, they, they look pretty good. They do look pretty good. I was, you know, I always pull for an Italian team because that's kind of what I grew up. You know, my my dad's always been rooting for Italian teams, and Juventus looked pretty decent. I was gonna but... say, is, isn't Juventus uh, your team? No, no. Uh, AC Milan uh, typically has Milan. been, but but not really. To be completely honest, they they were just because my uncle was a big fan, and my dad liked the rival team, so it was kind of fun to 
joust against him. But other than that, I don't really have a favorite team. I just like watching soccer. I am a fan of NYCFC um, in the MLS, which we could talk about, but they're trash, so I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so yeah, that's a little update for soccer and a little update for tennis. Change up the the feel a little bit, but that's all I got. Now is Wimbledon in July? Uh, June or July? I believe so. Because I, I definitely so. want to do a segment on on Wimbledon, so we'll definitely oh, stand yeah. to for that. Because uh, I feel like Wimbledon, honestly, is probably one of my favorites of the tennis mm-hmm. majors. Me, it's my favorite. I love it. Um, I love just, it. Love just, it, love it. just the the way it's presented. It's not necessarily yeah. like the talent. Well, the talent definitely comes in hand. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, but it's just it's just the way the tournament is run. Uh, There's something about it that just makes it just so much more enjoyable to watch. July first. There we go. Starts so, starts literally on July first. Yeah, it's 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 a great tournament. Uh, it's a beautiful tournament. There's a couple things that I, I don't like about Wimbledon, but they have changed. Uh, they were one of the few majors uh, that didn't want to do a tiebreak rule, so their final set, the fifth and final set, would go and go and go and go and go until somebody won by two points. And they finally changed that. So now if both players are tied after 10 points each on the final set, they will be going to a tiebreaker for the first time in Wimbledon history. So this year, a little history will be made. There'll be somebody who'll be the first to have a tiebreak. Um, they also like, they don't, it, it's just, it's a no, you can tell what tournament you're at because everyone wears white. It's, it's the old rule at Wimbledon. There's no colors allowed. So you, you have to own, you can only wear white everything. Which some people might like, some people might hate, but I love it. Just because you can tell where you are when you see that. When you see two players just dressed all, all in white, you know it's Wimbledon. Right. So from two sports that you love watching to a sport that you actually don't get a chance to watch much of, and I'm hoping that this fall you you actually can get into it a little bit more. Maybe see I'll if you tune can, in. Maybe see if you can find a team that you like, because there's plenty okay. of them out there. There's a lot. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk a little bit about college football before we uh, get to our last segment. Um, okay. So SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey announced Friday that the SEC conference is set to lift his lift the ban on stadium-wide alcohol sales starting August 1st. Mind you, the season starts on the 24th of August. Okay. So now he, 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 he's come out and said, Schools will have autonomy. This is now an opportunity for institutions to make responsible and appropriate decisions regarding uh-huh. alcohol. Yeah, it has nothing to do with money. Nothing to do with money so at all. So this is, this is funny. The University of Georgia got ahead of the curve by laying out their plan for alcohol sales Wednesday. What they're going to do is they're going to create a special area in the stadium where members of the McGill Society, which is a group of people who have committed at least $25,000 to the school over a five-year period, mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. purchase beer okay. and wine, but they cannot take the drinks back to their seat, which I find interesting. So basically, it's going to okay. be like all the alums and parents and them, but not the students. Um, what it looks like is... A, mem- a member of the market, uh, he's a marketing executive for Forbes, said the increasing number of conferences and schools allowing alcohol sales is a simple matter of trying to help lagging attendance figures. Uh, this mm-hmm. the same executive said, the parking is free in my driveway. The bathroom is eight steps away. I have all the cold beer I can drink in my fridge. And if this game is bad, there are 25 other games I can watch. 
So true. But that's so true with a lot of sports. It is. I just want to I want to make that point. But if you think about it, comparing college football to yeah. NFL, the NFL you have yeah. what, 16 games to choose from. College football big, you have SEC, Pac-12, Big 10, Big East, ACC, SEC. I mean, there's like seven or eight different conferences of football that you could watch. So I'll be honest, I didn't even know alcohol was banned mm-hmm. yep. in college football. I had no idea until you brought the article up. But, you know, my, my instant, all right, I have two instant reactions. One, it's like, okay, fine, good, it should. It's, a, it's, a, it's not illegal to drink in this country. But then when I start thinking about it, I'm an advocate for, for these schools to be paying these athletes. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been fighting for this, you know, verbally for years. It makes no sense to me why these colleges can have to get to make all this money off of these kids, and then those kids have to pay the school for their college degree. Yeah, it doesn't make so, any sense. It makes no sense. So if you're going to lift the ban of alcohol, does that mean we're going to start paying the players? Uh, no, of course, of course not. No, because why? Why would we pay pay the players? They're literally doing what NFL players do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think people understand that. They're doing more because then they have to wake up the next morning to go to school. Yeah. So uh, there's no reason why these kids shouldn't be paid, and that's my problem with this. Now these schools are going to be making even more money because these alcohol sales are going to be crazy just like any other sport. And then the only people this time that are profiting are the owners of the of the stadium. Yep. And the school. And the school, yeah, yeah which is typically the same thing. So I I hate it just because it gives another uh, it makes more money to a company that's already making a lot of money yeah I call the college a company because that's what they are they're uh, a business they're, they're a business and they're, they're not... still not gonna pay the kids yeah now I don't hate this the fact that they're allowing drinking who cares you can drink it's that that's the thing in this country it's not illegal to drink but you pay the kids or I hate it yeah I, I agree with you and they they've punished the kids too often. For, you know, trying to promote (laughs) themselves or, you know, potentially take endorsements while still in school. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, all they're trying to do is they're trying to get their name out there to promote their name, a.k.a. their brand for when they leave school. Right. And they're just trying to make money because you're not paying them. Exactly. That's all they're trying to do. If you don't want them to, if you want to stop that, if you want to stop that, then you pay the college kids. And then you say, hey, you get paid, but you can't do endorsement deals. Fine. Okay. Sure. Take one or the other. Or, you know what, just let them do both. And my, like, my thing is, though, I want to actually give a shout-out real quick to actually he, uh, he was uh, my stand-in best man at my wedding, uh, Jim Mullane. Shout-out, Jim. Because um, he played college football at Bryant University in Rhode Island. And mm-hmm. if anybody knows what the world of college football is like, even though it was uh, you know, not Division One, Division One's a different animal. He was in Division sure. Two or Three, I believe. Okay, still. It took up all of his time. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say at least six days a week, at least, where you they had some sort of meeting in the morning before school, before classes start. Then you go have classes. Then you come uh, after your classes are done. You have practice, and then after practice you G- had. Gee, Dan, sounds to me like a full time job. It, uh, absolutely, and yet they're not compensating these kids for all this time they're putting in. Where they're spending more time with the football, the football team, 
than they are with their friends. And college yeah. is about going to college and having fun and like having yeah. a good experience. But these no, kids, kids on the football it, team are spending ninety percent of their time playing football. So why right. not? Well, why I mean, not pay them for it's, it? it? It's ridiculous, and, and that's why I'm just so against uh, colleges being able to make more money on the expense of these kids who are busting their ass the money for them. The, the, yeah, for for the college, absolutely. Now, the college, obviously, with some of these players, some of these players, not all of them, will pay for the college mm-hmm. and all that. But you're still, you're profiting off of these kids who are playing and potentially hurting themselves. Right. Uh, playing this dangerous game. And now you're finding another way to make money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm just obviously against that. All right. So we are going to take our last break. When we get back, we're going to do our Twitter polls. We're going to tell you a funny story about bees at a baseball game. And then we're going to have our wrap-up. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. And welcome back from our final break, everybody. Um, So as we went to break, Tom and I both noticed... That the MLB draft yeah. is happening right now. And Yeah, how fucking stupid is in that? In what Moons Man's universe is having a draft in the middle of the season a good idea? So dumb. It's so dumb. I've uh I I I didn't know that. I didn't know that the MLB does their draft in the middle of the season, but it just seems really weird. Why does the MLB always have to be the league that does things differently? It's like, hey, we have an all-star game too, but ours matters. The winner gets home field. It's like, wait, no, just play the game. No, nobody counts. And now they're like, let's do the draft in the middle of the season. Right. Great Because I, I, I get a thing from Bleacher Report that says that the Orioles draft uh, Adley Rushman, number one overall, and he's a catcher from Oregon State, and that he he's projected as a future all-star. But I'm like, oh, okay, great. Why are you drafting in June? <laughs> Someone explain that to me. Yeah. Yeah, like, why not at the beginning of the season or at the end so that these new recruits have it, can go into the farm system right. and maybe one of them will shine. Right. <laughs> but instead, they decide, you know, that's kinda, that's, instead they decide, hey, let's draft in the middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the fun part about, like, the NHL draft. It's like the, the Rangers might be drafting this kid, Capo Keiko, who, like, he might God go right into. Yeah, yeah, no, no thank you. Uh, he might go right into the NHL. So that's kind of cool. Like we're, we might start the season off with Capo Keiko. Uh, God bless if you. If we drafted in the if we drafted in the middle of the of the season, like in January, now it's like, oh yeah, we get Capo Keiko for like three months. Okay, it's silly. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Um, and I don't care about the MLB draft either. That's a weird. Like I, I never looked forward to like, yeah, who are they draft? Like I don't care. Well, well, <laughs> just just to name a few people who were drafted by MLB who didn't end up playing for MLB. All went to the NFL. Tom Brady, Russell, Russell Wilson, go. and Kyler Murray. All go. drafted by the MLB, but hardly anybody knew about it. Okay. Um, well, maybe for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to mention, it's this pretty funny story that came across my uh, phone last night, was uh, there was a bee swarm at the San Diego Padres game last night 
where they had show me this. That's where weird. they had to have a guy in a beekeeper suit spraying them with bug spray on the field <laughs> to get them off the field because the players couldn't play with the amount of bees that were swarming the field. Welcome to California, where you can go to a baseball game and get stung by bees. It's just that's that's a weird thing to happen. I've seen birds and stuff and like squirrels that, squirrels like and squirrels. I remember the squirrel; that was a funny one. But uh, bees are not as funny. They're not as cute. Everyone's like, "Oh, look at this bird!" Up, oh, and he's got the ball. Or, "Oh, look at this squirrel! Yeah. He thinks it's a, it's oh, yeah. a nut." And then you get these or bees. Everyone's Randy like, Johnson. "Run!" <laughs> Or if you're Randy Johnson, oh, just kill a bird. You, you had to bring that one up. I was I was trying to avoid it, and you brought the it up. Bird just, Exploded. The bird just went poof. <laughs> it just went poof. It literally just exploded into nothing. Just but the feathers. The worst thing is, they just everybody's like whoa, and then two minutes later they're like, all right, next pitch. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like all right, Randy, throw 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 something not as fast. So disrespectful. Oh, the bird had a family. It did. It did. It had a family. But um, yeah, anything? Anything you want to say in the in the wrap up segment there, Tom? Not really. Um, I'm 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 glad that we are we have this ability, you and I, to because we watch so many different sports, and you know, like you're slow you're slowly getting me into college sports which is something i've never paid attention to and then i'll try to get you into some soccer and tennis and that way we we cover we can cover every single sport which just makes it more fun and progressively longer podcasts which we, we i will say this on. once the season starts up again i want to get you into college hockey college hockey is so much fun to watch i could definitely that's the one i could definitely get into i don't think i ever been was able to because of tv because like you know uh, up by you it's all over my area is not that big on college hockey so that's probably why and i mean i did bring you to a boston college hockey game it was so fun last time we came on it was so fun that's when we saw johnny Johnny hockey yeah we we saw johnny goudreau as a a tween Not really a tween, but he, and, and now and now he's in the NHL, just tearing it up. Yeah, and I bet you if we looked at those rosters of that day, there there probably a couple others that we would notice and be like, oh, we didn't, I didn't realize he was on that. But yeah, Goudreau was the big thing. That was I the mean one. one that blows my mind that I actually didn't know until I actually met Bridget mm-hmm. was that Ben Bishop played at the University of Maine. Oh, I didn't know that. As did Paul Correa. Paul, wow, I haven't heard Paul Correa's name since the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> It's Paul Korea is a Hall of Famer at U- University of Maine for hockey. And the NHL? Is he a yeah. Hall of Famer for the NHL? I believe he is, yes. I remember he was uh, really good. But he's the all-time points uh, leader at University of Maine, and I don't think he'll ever be touched. He's he's the equivalent to them. He's like the Wayne Gretzky of the University of Maine. That's like, so cool. His, his records will not be touched. I think he had like over 1,000 a thousand points mm-hmm. in three or four years. I don't think there's anybody who's going to touch those records. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. By the way, he is not a Hall of Famer. He uh, his re- his jersey is retired for the Ducks, but he is not a Hall of Famer. Which which he should be. Yeah, I mean he, he, he okay. He played in 989 games and he had 989 points. So I think that's math that I can do. <laughs> 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 a point a game, <laughs> literally a point, point a game. game. That's re- that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, 
But yeah. But I think that that's going to do it for this episode of Ride the Pine. Thank you guys so much for and gals for turn, tuning in for this ride, for this episode. We appreciate it. If you haven't already, go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ride the Pine Pod. Also, make sure to check out our merch on T Public. I did post the link both both on Twitter and on Instagram, so go check that out. Um, the shirts are fantastic. I was wearing them this weekend; they're incredibly comfortable. And uh, yeah, anything anything you want to wrap up with? Yeah, Mr. Uh, add one more thing. Uh, you might be listening to this on uh, uh, on your Apple Podcast app, most likely, because that's what the stats say. So uh, if you want to check out more of our episodes and whatnot, you could go to anchor.fm slash uh, backslash ride the pine for all the episodes. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah, make sure to go check us out on Anchor. You know, it's a great app, and we've been using it now for... Little, uh, almost two years. Uh, well, yeah, actually, I like over it. a year now. I like it. It's and a re- it's, it's a really it's fun app. It's free. If you're interested in getting into podcasting, that's the way to do it because they're they're much better than a lot of paid sites I've been a part of in the past, and they're free. So check them out. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Tom. Yep. For for hanging out and my pleasure talking sports. It's always it's always a blast. And until next week. Yep. We will see you guys then. And fuck EA Sports. There's my first curse, Dan. Fuck EA Sports. (laughs) Just F them. F them. Fuck (laughs) them. All right, everybody, you have a great night, man.